Hello everyone and welcome to the CMO Stories podcast episode 7. Our guest today is Olivia Carlson. Hello Olivia, how are you today? Hi, uh, I'm really good actually. Um, coming to you from Sweden, a very cold dark country at the moment. But um, yeah, definitely feeling energized and excited to be here. Yeah, that's also because people perhaps know it. I'm from Belgium and uh, actually at the moment there is no sun. It's also rather cold, I would say. Um, but that is actually the, yeah, what I want to do with this podcast. I interview people or talk to people rather uh, with CMOs, marketing people from all over the world. So excited to have you, Olivia, all the way from Sweden. So tell us a bit about yourself and about your company. Uh, who are you and what are you doing with your business? Absolutely. Um, so I'm Olivia and I'm the CMO at a company called Swiftly. Uh, so Swiftly is an AI platform that basically works on behalf of job seekers. So we help people find their dream jobs. And a personal um, background about me, um, I come from a very small town up in Northern Sweden. I know, mm -hmm. kind of random. And my, um, my mom's American, so I always grew up traveling a lot. And I was always very curious about the world around me. And I think that's been a blessing in my life um, to have had that contrast the whole time of being able to grow up in a small town, but then also have this sort of world out there and, and you know, always looking forward to travel and see new things and so on. And in that, uh, I kind of always knew that I wanted to always follow my own uh, you know footsteps follow my own path and that's why like entrepreneurship was something that I was very interested in from from a very young age and then uh you know I went to university as people have to do you have to go there and go through yeah. um that whole process uh, so I studied an MBA uh, in international marketing and then I met my co-founder and he was looking for some marketing help like um kind of like somebody to come in as a consultant. So I figured, why not? You know, the only things you regret are the things you never tried. So I jumped on that for a few months and that kind of evolved into me becoming a co-founder. And here I am a full year later. Full year later. So it, it's not so long ago, actually, that you joined Swiftly. So your, your journey is only in the beginning, I would say. Um, yeah. But still in those, in you know, since the start uh, that, 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 that you joined Swiftly, uh, up until now, because we have it's a special times with COVID and so on. But I don't know. Did, did you have special, I would say, uh, challenges in this time that you needed to overcome because of you know the special times or because of something else? Is there something that you can share? Sure, absolutely. So one of my personal challenges was kind of like imposter syndrome because I think being a young entrepreneur, being somebody so young in a in an environment with a lot of experienced people, you can see it as your your curse or your blessing. And for me, I think it took me some time to feel like that I could really make use and, and take and drive a lot of positive aspects out of my environment because I always felt like, oh my gosh, I'm so young. Like I haven't like maybe worked with this for a decade or two, but I'm around people who have, mm -hmm. um, you know, where is my place and, and where's my mandate? But then, I mean, after a couple of months of being in this, um, I found that my power came from my humility in a way. Like it's actually really healthy sometimes to ask a lot of questions and just 
be honest with yourself that you don't know everything and that's okay. And um, it's a great learning experience. Um, So kind of balancing that element of being young and where do I find my power and mandate um, at the same time, finding my humility and realizing that it's okay. I don't have to know everything. And the people around me are here to, to inspire and help me along the way. And so I think that's why for me, this whole journey has been very, very fast. It's been very like high paced. Um, I've always been like a yes sayer. I always say yes to opportunities and uh, I drive a lot of my experience from that. And so I think that's been one of the biggest challenges for me to, to kind of overcome is like um, finding my voice and in, in being young and also maybe even taking the risk of going into entrepreneurship. Cause I think a lot of, um, you know, teenagers out there or, or young adults in their early twenties would like the freedom that entrepreneurship gives you. But then there's that element of uncertainty, like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen if, for example, I don't, I, I enter this business and, and then I don't get the whole the like support system that I would have if I joined a huge corporate, you know? So yeah, I think I've, I've learned a lot in that, but it's also been challenging. Yeah, I guess, but but it's an opportunity to be able to ask questions because if you think that you know everything, you won't ask the question again. And it's it's you always learn something. That's also what I like to do with this podcast, learning from people, sharing experiences. Uh, but I can also imagine, uh, you know, starting from, because also I did the same thing. I started from zero. But how do you do it? Like, you know, feeling or keeping the confidence in yourself? Are you a person that is, you know, like, I I go for it and I I will succeed? Or do you sometimes have these doubts? Or or what are you doing? Are you trying to keep up with, you know, your learning? Or how do you keep your, I would say, your confidence and and your goals in mind? That's a It's a good question. And I think um, it comes down to balancing um, like you said, um, learning new things all the time combined with self-care. I think that's one of the, the saving graces in all of this is that I do have a pretty good like self-care practice. So like before uh, I go to work every morning and before I go to bed every night, I, I like reflecting. I, I like taking 10 minutes to just kind of ground myself and look at like, okay, what are some of the small things I can achieve today? Uh, or what are some of the small things I did achieve today? And, you know, like just kind of check in with myself and how I'm feeling and how I'm doing the whole time. So that I think in all of this, if you never check in with yourself, you will get very overwhelmed. And then all of a sudden something might feel very wrong and then you don't know where it came from. Um, so that's kind of how I catch things early. And if I am feeling insecure in any way, or I'm feeling doubt in myself, I tend to catch it quite early and see it for what it is like for example it could be like i'm out in a in a huge thing like web summit you know where you and i yeah. were mm-hmm. I, i'm out at this huge networking thing and then i i come home and i feel like oh my god like i've met so many people today and and i don't know like what did i get out of it and did i really utilize all of all of these opportunities today did i get everything out of it and like maybe i feel anxious that i didn't meet all the people that I wanted to meet or, or, you know, uh, didn't take advantage of, of everything. And that can make me feel like I'm doubting myself, but then I try to catch it and I'm like, Hey, we're all human beings. It's right. okay. There's a day tomorrow. 
there's plenty of time. And if anything, you know, you can learn something from uh, your doubt. So either there's actual reason for your doubt, maybe you're having a bad day, or maybe you're feeling tired or, or you know, anxious, and that's okay. Um, that That is what it is, and everybody goes through that, and, and you need to find acceptance in that. But also, I think a lot of doubt and stuff is just thoughts. Uh, you know, you just build up these little things in your mind that might not actually be there. You might yeah. not even have a big threat on your shoulders, right. but you just kind of have these thoughts. And if you can use tools like meditation or checking in with yourself or maybe even going to the gym or whatever it might be for you, like taking time out for yourself and booking a meeting with yourself is, is a good way to kind of catch those doubts in time to actually see if it's a threat or not. Because a lot of the time, it's just thoughts, you know, and if you asked anybody else, they wouldn't know that you're going through these doubts. Nobody would see it. Exactly. You know? Because, you know, you have people that say, what if, or what will people think, or what if, and then I say to them, but you don't know what other people think. It's often in your own head that, you, you know, you're mm -hmm. thinking of stuff, of, of, of thoughts, of scenarios that are not even there, you know, and, uh, I hear you when you're talking about meditation and taking time for yourself. I also, for myself, I book time slots in my calendar for, you know, going to the yoga practice, doing that, uh, or for journaling, because that's also actually, to be honest, a habit that I need to do more again. I had read the habit of journaling uh, every night and also every morning. I need to do that again because it really helps, you know, taking the time, not only about stuff that you that you succeeded but also things that you learned or things that you know for one or another reason it didn't went the way that you wanted it to go and that you want to learn from that and just you know taking things out of your head and writing them on paper does something magical with your mind because then you 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 keep calm and also what i like to do is in this journal think of all the positive things you know that happen there is always positive things in your in during your day, even if you have a bad day, there is always positive things that just take a note of it. And then you go to sleep with a happy mind, you know, because you think of all positive stuff. So yes, I can, uh, I, uh, I understand what you're doing and it's, it's really good that you do that and take and, and be, and be, I would say, um, consciously doing all the, all these things. Um, yeah. And I think one thing like being a business owner or, you know, if you're CMO or whatever it might be, like you're saying with the journaling, it's really nice to write down your thoughts and just benchmark what's on your mind, whether that's from a business aspect, like let's say, oh, I have all these tasks at hand and it's just so much and I don't know where to begin and, and I keep forgetting things uh, to benchmarking how you're feeling. Like it's, it's one thing to think about how you're feeling and actually writing it down on paper and having it kind of look you back into your face. Like you, you put a face on it by writing everything down and then it looks back up at you and you're like, ah, now I have the bigger picture. Now I know what to, what I need to focus more on, or yeah. uh, I clearly see there's some imbalance here. How can I, how can I improve that balance um, in, in whatever it might be like lifestyle choices or um, mindset, anything like that. Journaling is, is amazing. Something also what, what I did uh, was making mind maps about you have a lot of things in your head, just making a drawing and all the thoughts that come and just write them down so that you see if it's you know, for your private life or for your business life or something else. That And going for a walk, also that, that can really help. 
so yeah, yes. nature nature is amazing nature like, is amazing. seriously it's so hard like when you're living in a big city and you know most of these companies like startups and so on are usually based in city but just getting out there and like walking among the trees or like just taking a nice ice bath somewhere out in the Swedish forest, like in on the lake, it, it does something extra. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you. Nature is great. Nature is great. And then when you compare this to a place like Web Summit, which is really overwhelming, uh, mm-hmm. not a place that can be overwhelming. Uh, and that's also where I am a lot because it's, 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 it's my business specialty. It's social media. So uh, what would be, um, you know, are, are you looking at social media? Are you, for, I would say, for, for your friends on social media? Are you for social media for your business, for both? And how is your... I would say the time that you're spending on social media, is it a lot? Uh, what can you say about that? Yeah. So I think in general, my relationship to social media is, is positive. Um, and I think it comes from the fact that I grew up in a very small you know, town in Northern Sweden, like I said, and I was not having enough social stimulation when I was growing up. So for me, social media felt like an escape to the world. It was like this amazing place where I could easily get in touch with new people. I could get inspired. Uh, My whole mindset could shift out of the mindset that all my friends had into something that I felt was a lot healthier or something that I was, you know, if, if I wanted to put my focus into, you know, seeing how inspirational people live their day to day lives, how do I copy that? Or how do I implement more of that stuff into my life? Everything became so accessible. Mm -hmm. So for me, I think social media, I use it as a tool to to gain inspiration. I use it as a tool to meet new people. And these are like obvious things, like people are like, well, that's what it's for. But I think actually actively seeking out contact with people that I might normally not have access to. I mean, all of a sudden, you're like one message away from like, the most ambitious, cool person on the planet. And with a little bit of luck, you might actually reach that person. Like right. that is the magic of social media. And so from a marketing standpoint, I think it, it definitely speeds up the process of, you know, getting in touch with with like key, key people that you would need to, um, you know, have a discussion with to potentially create a collaboration or a partnership or, um, you know, if you want to spread the word about, uh, you know, some kind of campaign or some kind of offering in your business, it, it's like, you just need to like pinpoint the key people that can shoot your information out there. And, you know, it can, it can spread like wildfire. It can, you know, just absolutely explode. And that's, that's so interesting to me that then, um, something that was very manualable for like, okay, let's do a marketing campaign. Let's send this video out on TV, see who sees it, see who buys our product. Now it's like, you can get so much more creative through social media and you can um, collect that data, analyze it and figure out how are we actually doing and how can we make it better? And where is our outreach and who's seeing this and are they the right people to be seeing this? And how do we, how do we shift our focus? Like it's become very tangible how you can improve your outreach and how you can improve your, your strategy just by 
all the data that exists after you post it on social media and stuff like that. Right. So yeah, yeah. that's that's a summary <laughs> of how yeah, I use it's, it. It's, it's because you know you said in the beginning, just ask. You can just ask people if you have a question. It's the same thing on social media. If you want to reach out to someone, you can just ask. And the worst thing that can happen if they don't react or they say no. Uh, but often, if you have just a, a meaningful question or you reach out in a meaningful way, you get feedback. Eh? Um, on Instagram or on LinkedIn, you know, a lot of people on LinkedIn connect. And if it's it's a really serious message, I think most of people just accept the message and, and start the conversation. What, what is actually, do you have a preference for a certain social media for, for yourself or for your business? Would it be LinkedIn, Instagram, something else? Well, I think for me, on a personal level, Instagram has really been a game changer. Um, I've made a lot of personal friends through Instagram. Um, like, you know, looking back into my slightly younger days, like maybe, you know, four or five years ago, when I really wanted to network with people out in the world and I really wanted to, you know, form relationships outside of my physical, you know, reality. Um, Instagram was such an easy way to do that because you could just search a hashtag of something that you were interested in. And then you saw all these pictures of different people, like let's say yoga. I searched yeah. yoga, like yoga community. And then all of these interesting people pop up with different messages, like uh, in their, like they're just, what's it called? Like they obviously post a picture and then they, you know, write something underneath. And if that resonated with me, I could oh, just write a message to them and yeah. be like, Hey, uh, I loved what you wrote. Like, this is super inspiring. Like, thank you so much for sharing and being authentic. And then they would reply and then a whole like conversation would start from there. So from a personal aspect, I felt like Instagram was just so amazing and it still is. But like from a business standpoint, I think LinkedIn is probably a great place to stalk people. No, but it's, it's a really great, um, sort of social landscape to figure out who knows who, how can I, like, if you, let's say you had this goal to get in touch with somebody like a top dog in a company and you wanted to form some kind of partnership, then it's very easy to like trace the line of like different people that you can contact, you can contact the next person who can contact the next person. And then eventually you would get to where you needed to go. So that's yeah. really cool. That's right. So yeah, th so actually those are platforms, LinkedIn and Instagram that I'm using the most. Together with uh, beginning of last year, it was Clubhouse. Then I, you know, I, I left the platform for some time because it's it can also be overwhelming Clubhouse, you know. And now we'll be back there because perhaps you saw this. I, I've written a book also. We'll talk about my book on Clubhouse, also about my podcast. So yeah, there are a lot of opportunities on social media for being social and being authentic, as you say, because you react or you interact, I would say, with people that are authentic or, or post authentic content. I uh, think the one thing that I've learned in all of this, like all of this socializing um, online has been like the fear of rejection is the one fear that people really need to work on because um, it's one of those limitations that's only there for yourself. It's like your ego or whatever is trying to protect you from something. Um, whereas like, if you actually look beyond that and you're like, Hey, if I get rejected, then that's not that bad. At least I tried. Then I think we could get, get to where we need to go a lot faster, uh, yeah. using tools like social media. 
Yeah, that is, people have fear, you know, for people being rejected because, but if you are rejected, that's not so bad. You, you just, you tried it. If you, it's a lot worse, I think, if you don't try it, you never know if it would have worked, you know, try something to reach someone or to, to, to do something. Um, like for instance, I wanted to meet Gary V in New York two, two years ago. And I said, well, okay, if I would have said it won't work, it would never happen because I said I will meet him and it happened, you know, okay. Then you have, of course, have to have a bit of luck and have opportunities to be there. But if you don't, you know, prepare to react when the opportunity is there, then it, it, it won't happen. Um, mm -hmm. Is there... Um, something as for my last question, actually, something that you would like to share about uh, a tool that you have been using or a campaign that has worked for you guys or something else, something where other, I would say, marketing people can learn from? Mm, I think that's a great question. Um, as of right now, we're still building a pretty big campaign that's coming up uh, in Q3. So uh, we're like filming content for that. We're, um, you know, kind of laying the foundation for our marketing DNA. So because um, we're shifting, uh, we're in a big shift in the company. Um, so in that, I, like the big thing that I'm focusing on at the moment that I think has been a big learning lesson for me and, and something that I think others can can um, take take if they want and do something with it, it is don't limit your creativity when it comes to marketing. Like marketing can take you to amazing places, but the more creative you are and the more outside of the box you are and the more you use the emotional aspect to, to help people identify with what you're trying to sell, um, the better, the better the footprint, the more impactful it's going to be. So what do I mean by this? Well, Basically, if you can make your, your campaign something that people can relate to, something that um, might, you know, communicate a level of vulnerability, like a relatability, but also it could be something like having an animal in your campaign or having something that's cute or something that makes people feel something on the inside. I think that makes people create a, an association in their mind to your brand a lot quicker. Um, so that's what, what I've been working with the, the past, you know, month and a half. And I think it's really interesting um, incorporating psychology into uh, marketing strategies and um, marketing content. And mm -hmm. I think it's something that um, is underrated, especially in the tech area. You know, yeah. you want to come across as being this serious, hardcore company, but nobody's going to remember you. Um, right. You know what I'm I saying? I know because I'm also, you know, helping companies as a fractional CMO, so part-time CMO. And that's what I'm seeing, you know, stuff that they posted, for instance, on LinkedIn. It was just like, you know, serious stuff. Also not a social media, but like almost like a presentation, a slide, like like really publicity that you would read in a magazine and said, no, this we should change that and really show the people behind it. Uh, how do we work? or why and so on and you see that the engagement at least on the post is now two or three times higher than before just by you know changing a bit the the content and 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 uh like you said the emotions uh, behind it uh, so that there is that people can resonate with the content okay mm -hmm. uh 
Thank you, Olivia, for being on my podcast. The time goes fast. Like I said, it's it's it, it, I'm doing this podcast rather shortly to see how it evolved in the future. Perhaps uh, we will be doing some lives also in the future. But for today, thank you for being there. Um, thank you so much. Yeah. Happy that you joined and happy that uh, we got in touch through Web Summit. Actually, almost everyone at this moment that is coming on the podcast is coming to Web Summit. If you um, resonated with this podcast or if you heard other, uh, listened to other uh, podcast episodes from the CMO stories, let me know what you think. And also, if you want to join me, just send me a message. Uh, my mail address is yuri at efficade.com. You will also find this in the description. And last but not least, that's something new. It's the first time I talk about it. I will be launching my CMO 100 Club, which is a community for CMOs, which also will be related uh, to the podcast. Thank you for today, uh, for listening, and I will see you in the next podcast. Bye-bye.